Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, it does look pretty good. Who's to say that you don't want a little of that on your plate, Al, or a little bit of that on your Netflix menu or whatever it is? There's always, there's always room for a little more. I love the music in the background. That was so incredibly, um, it was like an action movie. It was like, it was the end of like an action trailer, movie. Right? Yeah, like yeah. this was the most important scene. And the only thing that came out of my mouth was, I just can't stand when Netflix previews something. In a That's world good. where Alan Sliwa watches Netflix. <laughs> I really don't like that uh, it just starts playing by itself. What does he do next? It sounded <laughs> so much more dramatic. It's good work, Morales. That's good right. work, gotta, Morales. You got to have the score, right? You got to have the musical score, not just the, the, the dialogue or the scenery, yeah. but you got to have the musical score to go along with it. It, right yeah you, you typically have to have you just got to add drama to it that's all he's doing just adding drama to the mix there what's going on to you Raj how are we doing today I, I'm, I'm feeling good I'm yeah I, it's it's weird because mm-hmm. you know usually do doing what we do yep. it's every day is a new day you start over you're trying to find the new thing you're trying to find a new way to talk about the same thing or whatever it might be but I'm still like oddly fired up about Lincoln Riley being the head coach at USC, and it still just has this incredible resonance and incredible excitement that surrounds it. And getting to hear him talk yesterday, I'm just I'm I'm so excited for this football season to end, so we can start the next one and get the Lincoln Riley era kicked off. It's, by the way, it's fair, and you know, you and I have talked about this, and I've mentioned it. Listen, I, I don't have an affiliation to USC other no, than walking by. Bergman's office and out of nowhere just doing the fight song for USC still makes no sense to me but obviously I I got no affiliation but I'm with you I think there was something about something about these last couple days that added a different type of buzz in LA I I genuinely mean that listen the Rams are the Rams SoFi Stadium is SoFi Um, we obviously know the expectations for the Lakers Dodgers we're going to hit on a ton and we know the success that they've had sure one of the sleeping giants that has just not resonated over the years here in L.A., and we know that if it's going, once that engine gets started, it's as loud as any other engine here in L.A. I'm with you yesterday, just kind of sitting back and listening to Lincoln Riley and the press conference that they had there, and um, the president of USC is there, um, uh, obviously Mike Bone and the introduction, listening to every word that he said. He's joined Scott Van Pelt. It, it's... I'm with you. Like there, there is an excitement that's there that obviously wasn't there 48 hours ago or three days ago or whatever the case is, and and just instantly it's right back. So I'm headed to downtown this morning on the 101 freeway uh, northbound. Right, I'm coming from by the Coliseum towards downtown, yep. and on to the left. You're leaving that saloon, the it, saloon that yeah, you're at. You know, I like to I like to get an eye opener every day <laughs> on my way into work. That's kind of how how I like to work. Um, but I see our billboard. On the side of the bank, right? Yes. Bank of California uh, uh, Stadium. I see the tr- we're, still there. It, we're it, still it rotates, there. so it rotates, right? It flips through a bunch of different things, but it it lands on us occasionally, and I'll probably see it, man, eh, maybe once a week or so. So I saw it, um, and then drive a little further, and you get closer to the USC campus, and you see the big video board that they have right by the Galen Center, right there. Yep. 
and it's still it has not turned over like it goes from travis and sliwa to an ad for a podcast to an ad for a beer to an insurance like all these things that are flipping at the bank and then you go to scs and it's still just welcome to the trojan family lincoln riley and the hell yes leave it up there right yeah no smart that's that's what you got to do it listen it's big time news and you know when you know something's huge is what we do on a local basis, you know, it is what it is, right? Our, that's our job. We're going to focus. This is what L.A. wants. They want us to talk about everything on a local basis. Um, this is what touches them. This is what they feel. This news just is across the board. I don't care what network you're on. I don't care if you're watching Sports Center. I don't care what you're doing. You stop these last couple of days and say, damn, you know why? Did, did USC go get freaking Lincoln Riley? You know why? Why? Because it's not an L.A. story. It's a national story. That's the power of the brand of USC. UCLA hires a new football coach. It's a story for a day. Yeah, cool. UCLA, even when they got Chip Kelly, which was a great hire at the time, it was, oh, wow, they got Chip Kelly, and then we very quickly moved on from it. But the rest of the college football world wasn't buzzing because of it. It didn't shake up everything the way that when USC all of a sudden made a move, it was Oh, man, this changes everything. The, the Chip Kelly hire a few years ago was, hey, maybe UCLA can finally be good at football. And it was, a, it was a Pac-12 story. It was a UCLA story. It was a local story. This thing has ripples on the pond that goes across to everything. It, it, it ripples to Notre Dame. It ripples to LSU. It ripples yep. to Oklahoma. It ripples to Florida. It just everywhere because it's not just, a, oh, a Pac-12 school got a good coach. It's yep. USC got a good coach that that is a totally different thing than if Stanford or Oregon or Washington for instance Washington hired a new coach today did you even know that I did did know that but it was like a side side story it's it's way down there but Uh Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma to go to USC it's a national story How, how much of that do you think also was the the shock factor that it oh, just for sure. it just kind of came out of nowhere. It's not that it was anticipated. It's not that it was expected. Remember, we were doing this, um, and and let's both you and I be honest. But this is part of what we do. We've been very critical about USC. We've made fun of the Trojans over the last. So it was uh, two weeks ago. We were making fun months. of the fact that SC and UCLA were playing a game, and we kind of forgot that it was even taking place. And then a couple weeks before that, it was USC Notre Dame. <laughs> right. Right. So we were we've been taking shots at the program, but we we do it because. You know, in all honesty, they deserve it. There's an expectation that SC has. We're not going to take shots. There's certain programs or certain schools or certain professional sports that you don't have certain expectations towards. SC, you have those expectations. So if we're taking a shot at it, it's like, what the hell happened to this program? And we're bunching USC and UCLA together. You know, we're obviously playing that card. But I I just thought, uh, thought the shock factor of it as well where it just felt like it came out of nowhere. Like you mentioned, the ripple effect that it has on the rest of college football. It's pretty pretty interesting couple of days. I'm sure there's a lot of SC fans out there right now, uh, you know, that are sitting back and saying, uh, you know, they're upset at you, but they're fine with me. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, the, the crazy thing about SC is, and very quickly, ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline, and this kind of brings in the USC fans. We want you to participate on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper, easy for me to say. College football's back, so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. I have not heard a, yeah, you know what, guys, this isn't going to work. 
Mm-hmm. You know what, guys? Yeah, it's a big name, but yes, he won at Oklahoma, but USC isn't what – no, 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 no. It has just been this full steam ahead. And here's here's a big reason why, I think, Slee, because yep. I want to go back a little bit. I want to go back to when USC hired Pete Carroll. And I know that Pete Carroll was not their first choice, and when they did hire him, it was not met with a great deal of enthusiasm. It was met with, wait, this guy was our fifth choice? This is the, the guy that washed out with the Jets and the Patriots and this guy? It would, But – Shortly after he arrived, it was very clear that there was a certain amount of energy that came along with Pete Carroll, a style, right? That Pete Carroll was young, he was energetic, he was he had a bounce, he was very likable, he's a little intimidating. And then all of a sudden, once you realize he knew what he was doing, there was this sense of we're gonna have a good time, we're gonna have better players than you, and we're gonna kick your ass that's what that's what usc was about and it had they had a great run that 10-year run or thereabouts were there you know it's heisman trophy winners it's national championships it's rose bowls it's playing in national championship games it was just as good of a run as you can have and then the energy changed right uh lane kiffin comes in not a particularly well-liked guy kind of an abrasive guy not a really easy guy to follow right he's it's not like you didn't want to be buddies with Link Kiffin. You wanted to be buddies with Pete Carroll. You wanted to kind of hang around and experience that. Sark had his own set of problems so we don't, that everybody knows about. We don't need to go there. But the, it, it wasn't good. The vibe around the program was not good. In comes Clay Helton, who, while a decent dude, the, the program was stale and boring, and the mm-hmm. players weren't very good, and the type of football wasn't very exciting. In comes Lincoln Riley. And yesterday, you could really feel it because he's young, He's dynamic. He understands that this is how this is going to be here. I'm going to make this place rock again. And it's a little bit of arrogance, but in a very likable way. It's an understanding that I know how to do this. I've already done it at a big-time program. I'm not worried about what you're going to do here. I know what these things feel and sound and taste like. And you're just incredibly enthusiastic because you're not looking at, yeah, but. There are almost no yeah, buts to this thing. It's just the energy changed like that from stale and tired and old to let's go go that's really hard to do man i really like the fight song when we were doing different things like i feel like now it's like actually supporting <laughs> what we're saying didn't it feel so much stronger when we were talking about ucla winning right. by x amount of points i don't know if i want to hear it now because now it now it sounds uh it sounds different can i can i say this real quick so it's just as you because you know yesterday we're listening to the press conference so mm-hmm. the press conference had the president of usc carol fault um rick caruso who I forget the exact title. Uh, I think he's the chair of the board of trustees, he's something along those money. lines. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's doing okay. Yeah. yeah, he just owns basically sure. every meaningful mall in L.A., <laughs> just a mall, you know, right. acres of land right. in the middle of L.A. Um, and then you obviously had, you had Mike Bone, you had Lincoln Riley. I thought it was just kind of listening to that conversation. You, you said something about the way he came off yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know how he came off? This is my perception. What, what do I know about Lincoln Riley? It's not like I'm watching every presser when he's with Oklahoma. He came off as, uh, we got a lot of work to do. You know what? This is just a step. You know, I'm, I'm really happy to have all these people around me because they're telling me that every resource that I need is going to be right in front of me. And they're going to make sure that they support it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got a lot of work to do. And we got a lot of work to do. And, oh, by the way, you look behind me. You see USC. You see where we stand. This Coliseum, yeah, it's going to be – this is going to be the place to be. But we got a lot of work to do. Like, I, there's a way that he came off. There's a, a calmness to it. There's a – okay, this guy obviously, like you mentioned, knows what he's doing. Let, let me use OU as an example, what he accomplished there. So he gets to the college football playoff three out of four years. Um, he's AP top seven, Associated Press top seven, 
over the last four years, sure. right? That's 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 where he's been. Um, obviously, he had an incredible amount of success. You mentioned something yesterday, and I think it really kind of resonates to me because I can sit here and say, okay, so he never won a national championship. For USC, it's not going to be, yes, there's going to be this, you know, this turn things around, and now all of a sudden, like he said yesterday, win the Pac-12. Go ahead and handle Notre Dame and handle UCLA. Start, you know, there's a trajectory that you can start going down. But when it comes down to winning a national championship, um, I thought you said something yesterday about the athletes, the students, the the um, the kids that are going to come out of just Southern California. Yep. Those are real deal. That if you want to go up against Georgia and you want to go up against Alabama and you want to go up against Auburn and Ohio State and Michigan, go down that list. But the athletes right here sitting in Southern California within a 30, 40 mile, pro- a mile radius – um, he's going to have also the players to complement and play real football, similar to what the SEC does in some of these other uh, big-time schools. Yeah, it's not a Pac-12 school getting a good coach. It's a it's USC getting a good coach. And when USC is good, it's not good for the Pac-12. This is not, hey, you know, Washington's pretty good this year. Washington's got some NFL players, and they're gonna they're gonna run the table in the Pac-12 and get into the college football playoff, and we'll see what happens. It's not that. It's not even Oregon who has established itself as a, as a legitimate college football program. They put guys in the NFL every year, but there's a certain style that they go away, uh, about doing it that's very Pac-12 like. When SC is right. It's not like that. It's just, okay, how many offensive linemen this year are going to go to the NFL? Four? Okay, cool. How about next year? Four more? Okay, cool. And it's the same thing on the defensive line. They're always going to have quarterbacks. They're always going to have skill position guys. They're always going to have secondary guys. They they, they have that, and they, they kind of even to a, a degree, maybe a lesser degree now, but still do. But this isn't we're going to get good for this conference. This is we're going to get good like Alabama's good, like Ohio State is good, like Georgia is good. Where Clemson's you just go run up, for X <laughs> right, amount of years, yeah. Up and down the roster, NFL guy, NFL guy, NFL guy. That's what they were forever, and that's what it feels like. And, and this is what Lincoln Riley was saying yesterday. He was just talking about the potential of this SC job. The chance for a new opportunity here uh, at USC, uh, the the potential of this, and then the the current uh, people here wanting to invest so much to, to get this program to where I think we all know it can be and the country knows it all can be was a, a challenge uh, for, for myself, the staff, my family that we just uh, simply couldn't say no to. Yeah, this doesn't exist too many places. It's not the only place, but it's one of a handful of places where if I do a good job, if I do what I did at Oklahoma here, the upside is almost limitless. That you really can, and and again, Oklahoma's a little bit like this too. You really can start every season saying, we've got a chance to win a national championship. We've got a chance to win the conference every single year. We don't need a break. We don't need something to to go right for us to slide in there. If we do our job, if we recruit the players that are here, if we recruit the players nationally that we have a chance out, we can beat anybody. You can't say that in too many places, but you can at SC. I think the worst position you can be in for a university, uh, a program like USC, is you don't have the expectations. Mm-hmm. So the last couple of years, they have not had the expectations. Now all of a sudden, the expectations are – this dude's got to turn this thing around. He's got to turn it around quick. But th- this is the position you want to be in. If Trav, if, if you and I were walking into this upcoming Dodger season and the conversation was, well, they're going to be mid-pack in the NL West. Um, you know what? They're not expected. They're going to really have to have a good season. That's the worst position you could be in in sports when, mm-hmm. you're, when you're cheering for your team. 
USC has been that where the expectations. I'm not. Nobody's been you know going out of their way. It, even us the last couple of weeks when UCLA won or when Notre Dame beat uh, USC. It's not like people were calling in and saying this is BS. It's probably how they felt. But the expectation was, well, we're not expected to win these games. Now, all of a sudden, instantly overnight, the expectations change. It obviously starts with your coach. And in college football, that is arguably the most important thing you could have is the right coach, and then you build it from there. Think about it like this. The last couple of years, it's like, oh, man, we got to go play Alabama. How ugly is that going to get? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. What's Nick Saban going to do to Clay Helton? You know, could they could they get fifty? Are they going to win by sixty? And now it was never can SC win. Think about just the tenor in if USC is going to play Alabama in a year or two. It's like, yeah, let's go. Let's see what that looks like. How how far along have they closed that gap? Can they win that game? Can they go in there and go to toe to toe as opposed to hey, we're going to get embarrassed nationally? It's let's go play that best team in the country and see if we can beat them. It's a and it changed without a single thing happening other than getting the right guy. Really, really frustrated about not being able to use the fight song the way we used it before. Oh, it, it always comes around. It's a big, yeah. giant circle, Al. Okay. We'll, we'll come right. back to the start of the circle. It's not the same now. Absolutely. It I, don't, the way, I don't feel it anymore the way I used to. <laughs> you will. We'll find a way to do it. All right. The Dodgers have two places that they need to go to replay. They need a shortstop. They need another starting pitcher. What does this mean for their upcoming season, and what does it mean for the remaining free agents? That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You feeling another uh, triple overtime game tonight at uh, Staples? Unreal, huh? <laughs> still, Just still, feels like that's what's supposed to happen. It's funny. You know, for those who don't know, obviously Lakers, Friday night, Sacramento Kings, triple overtime game, and then Lakers have a little <laughs> revenge game yeah. up in Sacramento. I remember just sitting there. Laura was working the board. Funches was, uh, you know, obviously producing. And we're all looking at each other like, this is not possible. At, <laughs> at one point, when we got to three overtimes, I'm like, let's make it five. Why stop now? <laughs> yeah, let's see if we can get it on until the sun comes up. A little day, a little morning <laughs> basketball. Until the sun comes up. <laughs> Why not? Let's see how far we can push this thing. Um, yesterday, not a great day if you're a Dodger fan, on the surface at least. Um, mm-hmm. Max Scherzer signs his deal with the Mets. He's going to get $43 million a year for three years. Um, Seems just, reasonable. Uh, he's 37 years old, sure. Yep. I mean, I'm sure that a lot of 38, 9, and 40-year-old guys that are fastball power pitchers are, are super, super effective in their 40s. I'm sure that that's exactly what's going to happen. I, I'm, I'm glad Max Scherzer got his money. He was great for the Dodgers, but Dodgers aren't going near that deal. No, no chance, no how, no way. That's a that's a super-duper Mets deal, right? Well, I, I think there's two ways to look at it. Number one, you could be a Dodger fan saying, damn, Max Scherzer was so important to that. Um, in that postseason run, obviously getting to the postseason, going toe-to-toe with the San Francisco Giants all the way to pretty much the the final game to determine who wins the division. Mm-hmm. Obviously big time in uh, eventually beating the Giants, getting into the series against the Atlanta Braves. He was big. So I, I think the one way to look at it is 
you are losing an incredibly valuable pitcher, age or not, wherever he is in his career. But I think, you know, another thing to really pay attention to if you're a Dodger fan out there and you're sitting back and you're saying, geez, we just lost, um, you can make the argument who was our best pitcher uh, at least in that postseason run, you can make the argument. You, you want to say Julio, you're not wrong. You want to say Bueller, you're not wrong. But Scherzer obviously was fantastic for them. Put I'm that to the side for a second. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna say Gonsolin. Put that put that to the side for a quick second. I think with all that being said, you know this is just another example of the Dodgers. The Mets made a decision for them. You mm-hmm. know, it, yeah, exactly. The Dodgers well didn't have to make a decision because. Once you start reaching numbers, it's something like you just said. The Mets have to do something like that. The Dodgers don't. That's not what they do. That would, I think, would be a much bigger shock if you were making an announcement that the Dodgers just paid Max Scherzer those type of numbers. You'd be like, wow, that was very not Dodger-like. Well, you would assume that someone had hijacked uh, Andrew Friedman's phone or his laptop or something because they don't do stuff like that. They, and that's what makes the Dodgers the Dodgers. In, in a vacuum, if you want Max Scherzer, of course you do. Sure, but th- that it's not a vacuum. It's the it's the reality of Major League Baseball and the price points in these things and the terms that someone else might offer is going to determine whether or not you want to match it. And the Dodgers aren't going there for a pitcher like that. And and I think you could almost just take out the name Max Scherzer and drop in the name Corey Seager. We're having the exact same conversation. You've heard me say this. This this goes back to even before the World Series last year. Corey Seager has been my favorite Dodger for multiple seasons. He, yep. he is a fantastic player who plays an important position. I love the style that he plays. I like the way that he goes about his business. There was nothing about Corey Seager that I didn't absolutely love. But the Rangers are out of their minds giving this guy 10 years and $325 million. The guy turns 28 in April, okay? So I get it. At some point, he's going to go to first base or maybe third base. He's probably not going to set up shop at shortstop for the next 10 years. I understand that. The Other than he's a great player, the other defining characteristic of Corey Seager's tenure as a major leaguer is he gets hurt all the time. Sure. Is he going to get hurt less the older he gets? Almost certainly not. Is he going to be very good for the Rangers? Yeah, he is. But at what cost, right? And 10 years, $325 million. Dodgers aren't giving somebody a 10-year deal, and they're really not giving somebody a 10-year deal that's 28 years old with a history of injury. If you're going to do this, it's going to be a guy like Mookie, who's an MVP, a guy that does not miss a ton of time, a guy that's a pretty durable player, a guy that is going to be able to be at that high level in the position that he plays for a very long time. Let's just go back a couple of years ago. Remember when the Dodgers were in the Bryce Harper market? Yep. But it was a very specific way that they wanted to do it. They were willing to go huge dollars and short term. I think they were yep. talking north of 40. This was a few years ago before 40 million really became a thing to go 40 million plus a year, but we're only going to do it Less for a couple years. of years, right? Sure. And we'll give you a 3 years, but we're not doing 10. And then the Phillies, I'm going by memory here, I think gave them a 12-year deal. The Dodgers don't do stuff like that because they don't have to do stuff like that. They don't have to go buy a guy with a crazy pool hole deal, a Hamilton deal, a deal that just you like go, "Huh? Corey Seager is a great player." But he's, is he going to be a great player for 10 years? The Dodgers don't have to do that, never mind the fact that you got a ready-made replacement that you can just drop in there. I'm sorry to see him go, but if that's the price tag, bye. So I, 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 let's move forward. I go back to this of sometimes other teams will make a determination for you. If you're Max Scherzer, go grab that freaking money. Don't even hesitate. That's what of you course. do. Go get paid that money. If you're Corey Seager, 
um, you're going to get $325 million to go call Texas home for the next 10 years? Absolutely, you go grab it. But when, when I say that, I think other teams make the decision for the Dodgers. This wasn't in the ballpark for the Dodgers, right? Now, now let's also be honest here. The Dodgers today are not as good as they were a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. That's so. absolutely that. First of all, it's still an incomplete process because uh, you got to kind of wait to see how things end up shaking out and let, let's see what happens. But it's not like you or you or I are trying to say that well they're better off without Max Scherzer. They're better off without Corey Seager. That's not the conversation we're having. We're saying that a responsible organization that has built a foundation off of not only willing to pay good players good amount of money, but also being incredibly smart with the money that they have, this falls more along the line of how the Dodgers have built what they've done over the last nine years rather than saying, throw money here, throw money here, throw money here. It's not that they won't throw it, but something that they don't feel like is it's past what they feel is valuable, they're just not going to do it. They're going to throw it when they want to throw it, not when you're telling them this is the price and this is how it has to be. And look, I I think this kind of goes together with what you were saying a second ago. The Dodger front office, Andrew Friedman, his scouting department, their development department, all, all, all of that, They've earned the right for us to say, okay, let's see what happens next. They've earned the right to say, because this isn't being this isn't run like Frank McCourt ran it, where well, we're just not going to spend any money. This isn't being run the way that the Angels run it, where you have to throw crazy money at guys to get them to even consider coming to your team. That's not what this is. They, they're looking at this, and look, this goes back to last summer. They realized that Corey Seager leaving was a possibility. And instead of getting caught with their pants down on November 29th, like, wait, we just lost Corey Seager, or we've got to pay him a deal that's just totally you know, above and beyond where we're comfortable doing it just to keep him here? No, no, no. They said, well, look, we're in this market, but in the event that it doesn't work out, we have a guy that is more or less just as good as Corey Seager that we can just slide right over to the other side of the diamond. We're ready to go. They, they already had their replacement on the roster before he even decided to leave. And not as, not as a sign of disrespect, but as a sign of being prepared for what may be coming next. This is what they've done. So if they feel that Trey Turner can be their shortstop and they can fill these other holes, whether it's through free agency this offseason or whether it's through a minor league player or whether they can execute a trade or whether or not they can go shopping in the the, the bargain bin the way that or they have Or guys that they still have, you know, currently have Absolutely. that they feel like can fill in those slots. Yep. Absolutely. Then I'm, I'm with them. They've proven that they can do this, and not just once or twice, but over and over and over again. They have the next guy ready all the time. They have him right here with Trey Turner. Again, I want, I want to go back to this. I don't want any Dodger fan to think that what we are saying is, oh, they're better off without Scherzer and no. they're better off. Obviously, they're not. There's, this is a no-brainer that with those two guys on this roster, uh, I we did this a week ago. I said, hey, Trav, list out your between uh, Kenley Jansen and uh, Clayton Kershaw and Chris Taylor and Corey Seager and, um, and Max Scherzer who's the most important one of those five? You said Seager was the most important one. Yeah. So nobody is trying to make an argument that they're a better team today than they were a couple days ago. But I think with that being said, that's a lot of money that they still now have that they can go work with. That's a lot of money that they now feel, okay, how can we plug in some of those holes? Um, you know, this I, I think could be a good question, and we could throw this out to uh, to Dodger fans out there. Just give us your thoughts on what you thought, what you think has gone on the last forty eight hours, because those are two significant players that are ending up on other teams. Are the Dodgers now? Is that gap that they had 
over the rest of, you know, whether it be the NL West or just mm-hmm. the NL in general, how much how much has that gap you think closed? And if you just look at the roster that they have right now, T Raj, I'd be curious to get your opinion of what you think when when spring training does start and this is the main crew that they have, what kind of team that could be this upcoming season. Absolutely. And somebody that they really absolutely do need to focus on and getting him back into a Dodger uniform, he's at the top of the list too. That's next. It's Travis Slee, seven ten, ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You know, listening to that, Al, I just put two and two together. Yep. This is your fault. You know what's happened, right? Mm, I think I know where you're going here. <laughs> that ever since you showed up to a Rams game, they haven't won since. Yep. You you showed up to that Tennessee game. They got their doors blown off by the Titans. Then they go to San Francisco and get beat up by the Niners. Then they go to Lambeau Field and get beat up by the Packers. Um, we need to have like some sort of Sliwa exorcism at SoFi no, Stadium no, or something. Here's what it is. This is a mental thing. And <laughs> I know that McVay's been thinking about it when we interviewed him, right? That was, I think, coming off the loss. Yeah, that didn't He's help been either. thinking about it. Uh-huh. Um, Certainly Stafford over the last three games with his 31 turnovers. Did you, like, touch him or breathe on him or something? Did something happen? It might not have anything to do where you were ready to put him in the – not just the Hall of Fame, but you wanted two statues at every entrance at SoFi. You wanted to have a Stafford uh, uh, statue there. Seemed might reasonable. have nothing to do with that. I guess, I guess it's just me showing up yes. to a Titans game and leaving yeah. at the start of the fourth quarter. <laughs> well, see, that's what, it's just a bad mojo. You just didn't show up for your live Ask Slee. You left early. You got lost. You 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 got absolutely jammed up on parking. Like the whole the whole experience oh. was negative for you. You need you, I, you know what I think it is. I think you need to come back. I think you. Should come this weekend against Jacksonville I'm busy. and just <laughs> just kind of reset the entire thing. It's just take two, right? They got me for just a so I literally <laughs> the moment I just barely stepped into the parking lot they're like, "Hey, welcome to SoFi. Beautiful, huh?" Let's pop you for a quick 80 here real quick. And uh, why'd you go park as far by, as far as possible and then walk for 30 minutes? By the way, 80, you got off cheap. I've seen a lot higher on those uh, sandwich boards that are in people's front yards. You should be happy that you only got touched up for 80. Uh, don't forget, you can reach out to me and Al on Twitter as well, at Travis Rogers, at Alan Sliwa, the phone number 2-877-710-3776. Um, we were talking about the Dodgers. We're talking about Corey Seager is now a Ranger, and Max Scherzer is now a member of the New York Mets. And and I, I made the point that I'm okay. I, like you said, Alan, I think it's I think it's important to keep mentioning this. 
the Dodgers are not a better baseball team today than they were yesterday. They're yeah. not. They, they've, they've lost two very, very good players. Now, the the recipe's not done, right? They're going to add guys. They're going to shuffle some guys around. And what the Dodgers start with probably won't even be what they end with. But I, mm-hmm. the point that I'm trying to make is I think that the Dodger front office has earned the benefit of the doubt in making really good moves over and over and over again that if they thought that 10 years and $325 million for Seager was too much, I trust in them. If they think that Max Scherzer getting $43 million a year for three years each year and as a 37-year-old guy is too much, I trust them. I want to go to Twitter here because Big John writes this to um, us. It says, as smart as the Dodger front office is, last year's decision to sign Trevor Bowers, one of their all-time worst, bit him in the butt not only last year, but they're spending on this year's roster as well. The Trevor Bauer thing was an unmitigated failure. It was. And, and there, there's no, there's no, yeah, but, there's no, mm-hmm. it, it was. And I don't want to go as far as saying they should have known better because I don't know if that's what it is. But there were red flags on Trevor Bauer. There, there were before he got here. Um, and it, But I think the point of it is not that, that they got Trevor Bauer wrong, which they did. It's that no one gets 100% of them right, but the Dodgers get far, far more right uh, decisions correct than they do incorrect. The, the, the Bauer one stands out that it, the way that it does, A, because it's as ugly as it is, but B, it's one of the very few ones you look at and go, yeah, that was that didn't work at all. That's why. What, what do you think is um, – what do you think – and I know this is from a priority perspective. So in the past when we talked about the five and it was Kershaw and it was Kenley mm-hmm. and Chris Taylor, those are the three left now. Those are the three kind of big names. What do you think they do from here? Because it, it sounds like a couple things will have to happen next season. Number one, um, Cody Bellinger has to be somewhat of Cody Bellinger, right? And, oh, sure. And, Nobody's saying he's got to got to go be MVP, but he's obviously going to be now uh, looked upon to do more and and uh, certainly not have the struggles that he's had. Um, is it by far Chris Taylor now becomes incredibly important, useful? You got to go figure out a way to get him just based upon what's happened. So I don't far? even think it's close. I, I think it's Chris Taylor, and then it's Chris Taylor, and then it's Chris Taylor, and then after that, it's Chris Taylor four more times, and then it's Clayton Kershaw, and then it's Kenley Jansen. So then. Kershaw is seventh <laughs> pretty much because okay. Chris Taylor plays yep. six positions yeah and what he does is he allows you to do so many things with your lineup and it's not just that he can play all three outfield positions he could play he can play all four infield positions he doesn't play first base hardly ever but the other three he performs very capably at and it's not just that he can do it he does it well yeah. you know he, he he does these positions and plays them well you can bat him one through nine in the order. The DH is coming, so their ninth is now available. But you can bat him anywhere in the order, and he's going to produce the way that you would expect a leadoff hitter to produce, the way that you would want a cleanup hitter to produce, a guy that you hit one hitting seventh or eighth in your lineup, that, the way that that guy can produce. He he is your guy as far as moving forward. Clay, Clayton Kershaw is in a different category almost aside from all of this because he's Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. But just from a baseball standpoint, replacing Clayton Kershaw – is easier to do than replacing Chris Taylor. And I'm talking purely baseball stuff at this point, not legends, not you know sure, Hall sure. of Famers, no, just, just purely baseball things. So, yeah. I, I th- and, and look. What if not- they don't sign him? Well, what if, then you I, got a different. Then you got a different question. But here, okay, you know, I'm glad you asked that. Here's and, what and happens. The reason if why I bring it up, him. I, I yeah. know for if you type in right now, there's like you just said, he's obviously a very valuable player. So I'm sure there are plenty of other teams out sure. there that say, hey, we would love to have a Chris Taylor on our team. I'm I'm just curious if they're going to run into a similar position where somebody offers him something that the Dodgers just say. 
Uh, we just don't know if this makes sense. Well, Chris Taylor may fall into the same category as Corey Seager, a, a different financial category. He's not going to get $300 million, but it sure. could be one of those, hey, listen, the number that the Dodgers are comfortable going to is, is three years, and I'm, I'm just making stuff up here. Yep. Maybe somebody comes and says, we'll give you five. Sure. The Do- the Dodgers are going to say, "Hey, you know what? I get it. Go take your money and we're going to go we're going to go find it somewhere else." They're not going to do something to handicap themselves. But let's play this out for a second. Let's say Chris Taylor leaves, okay? Let's say Clayton Kershaw leaves. Let's say Kenley Jansen leaves. Let's say all five of these guys say, "You know what? We're going to go do something else." Fine. Here's the Dodger opening day starting lineup assuming everybody is healthy. Okay? We're going to go around the outfield to start. You got AJ Pollock in left field. Yep. Everybody okay with that? Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. You got Cody Bellinger, who you mentioned, center, who seemed to show a little bit of signs of life in the sure. playoffs. Hopefully that carries over. You've got Mookie Betts and right. Okay? It, anybody doesn't like that? No. Anybody have a better outfield in the National League? Maybe Atlanta? Maybe not, but that's pretty damn solid. Mm-hmm. Go across the infield. Justin Turner's in the final year of his deal. Trey Turner is your new everyday shortstop. Probably Ga- Lux at second. Gavin Lux is your yep. everyday second baseman who, by the way, started to hit towards the end of the year. Maybe he's kind of found that major league groove. You got Max Muncy coming back from his elbow injury at first base. Pretty yep. good infield. You've got Will Smith, who might be the best young catcher in baseball, behind the plate. Here's your starting rotation. Bueller, Urias, Gonsolin, May, and Andrew Heaney. Is it what it was a year ago? No. Is it pretty damn good? Yeah. In your bullpen, you've got Trinan, you've got Gratterall, and you have to rebuild your bullpen every year anyway. It's still the best team in the National League West. By as big of a margin? Nope. But is it still the best? Yeah, it is. And that's well, with everybody leaving. I, I think that's that's the key piece right there is they're obviously set up to um, they're set up to withstand losing some of these guys that we're talking about. Now the difference is gonna be, okay, do you have the depth? Do you have guys when somebody gets injured? Because this this was one of the issues with the Dodgers this past season. You always felt like you had you know somebody that was out, and even as you got to the playoffs, key guys were out. But the depth isn't going to be there. But I think that gap between you and I'm talking about the Dodgers and everyone else in the NLS, it is smaller now. You have less. Um, there there is a, a less margin for error, I mm-hmm. guess you can say. But think about an organization that can go through losing that many players and you're still the favorite in the division, that part's impressive. We'll see what happens. I don't think anybody expects everybody to be gone and they they don't replace anybody. And they're loaded with prospects as well. Do you know how hard it is to lose every one of your free agents and still be the favorite in the division? Say something negative. I want to hear something negative about the Dodgers. I'm way too positive, Al. I'm just a bubbly, rainbow sort of guy. Everything is rainbows and puppy dogs and everything is wonderful. That's just my normal disposition. It's just how I wake up every morning. What if Jacksonville beats the Rams (laughs) this weekend? Then what would happen? That's a different conversation. (laughs) ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive insurance all guests appear via the goodyear hotline zach is coming up next with a did you see that's next on travis lee 710 espn hi it's mike greenberg letting you know espn bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring the official sports book of espn has exclusive offers and markets from scott van pelt Stephen a smith and me plus many more from the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So, Al, we were talking a little bit more about the Dodgers during the break there, and, and we were talking about how if Chris Taylor, somebody comes in with big money, right, that yeah. can 
the Dodgers, now it's not even big money. It's not the money. It's the years, right? It's the term of the deal that is the sticking point. I, I'm sure the Dodgers were willing to pay Corey Seager the $32, $33 million a year. It was the 10 years we don't want to do it for. Uh, the, the, it's the Max Scherzer. It's not the $43 million a year. It's the third year on the deal that probably gives them a little bit of pause. And, so, and, and by the way, that's a strategy from these other squads to say, what can we offer that the Dodgers are probably going to say, eh, right? yeah, we're not going to go in. Because right. that, that's the only upside they're going to have. Yeah, you, you can't sell you're going to win more. You right. can't sell you're going to play in front of more people. The, the, what you can do is I can give you more money over a longer period of time. That, yeah. That's your selling point. But you wonder, too, if the Dodgers, and, and I don't think this is the case, but they said, look, we found Justin Turner. He'd been designated for assignment. We turned him into an all-time great. Chris Taylor couldn't really stick with the Seattle Mariners of all, team, of all teams. We've turned him into an integral piece of a championship-caliber team. Uh, Max Muncy, the A's said, yeah, no, we don't really, can't really use him. Dodgers said, we'll take him. That if because they've had They're so much success, themselves. they start sure. to feel themselves like we can, we can turn anybody into one of our guys. There's a little bit of risk involved there. Well, I was just going to say it's probably a little dangerous to do that. But you said something when we started talking Dodgers. You want to give their front office the benefit of I the doubt. I think they've earned it. Of course they've earned it, and I think that's actually a no-brainer. If, if you and I go through each one of these local teams, whether it's the Lakers, whether it's the uh, you know the Rams, just go down the list. The Dodgers, we, we talked about going all in a couple days ago, and we were kind of ranking who's done it the best. The Dodgers, we continue to find a way to complement what they've done. So I'm with you on they do, they do deserve the benefit of the doubt. No question about it. All right, Zach, you are up with a did you see. Hey, how you guys doing? Right. What's going on, Zach? What is going on? Hey, did you see the world's first living robots known as Xeno, Xenobots can now reproduce? So, Slee, does this make you now uncomfortable about where AI is going? Um, no, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> oh, wow. Upset yeah. of the day. <laughs> well, no, no. There's, there's, there's a reason why. You can't – I can't worry any more than I already am. This <laughs> is just part of the worry. process. <laughs> this is part of the process. This is the progression of what the robots are doing. So I read the article. I After reading the article, I still have no idea what any of this means. All I know is when I just see robots can now reproduce, I don't need to read anything else. <laughs> I don't need to find out what else is happening. <laughs> Um, this is just uh, one additional step to where we're heading, and uh, I don't think anybody's going to be comfortable with it. And, Trav, this is just something we're going to have to live with, buddy. So this is w one of the th reasons that I was, have never been terribly worried about the robot uprising the way that you are is I always just figure we just unplug You're one it, of them. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm about to peel off my face and be one of the lizard people. Um, it just unplug it. Take out the battery, and we're good, right? They, 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 once it runs out of juice, we're fine. The problem is now that they've learned how to create more of themselves, <laughs> that seems to be kind of the tipping point. I wasn't worried yeah. about artificial intelligence or any mm -hmm. of those things, but that they can reproduce. Like, okay, so they've got the the Boston Dynamics one that does CrossFit yeah. and can chase I, you through the woods. Right. But if that one can find another one and make two more, and those two make four more, and those four make 16 more, that's a wrap. Okay. <laughs> how, <laughs> we're, how about, we're done. You know how you're sitting there saying, well, we just you know unplug it. How about the robot that's like, well, I'll just plug it back in. You know what I mean? Now, now they have, now they got a team of robots. Can I, can I say uh, one thing real quick on this? So, reading the article, let, let's just look at this from a science perspective. Mm -hmm. One of the quotes in there is that if we knew how to tell collections of cells to do what we wanted them to do, ultimately, that's regenerative medicine. If yes. I can pronounce that right, that's the solution to traumatic injury, birth defects, cancer, and aging. 
there is a science to this that obviously is incredibly beneficial. So I know I make it sound like the world's about to end. The reality oh, it is, is. Uh, it is going to end, <laughs> yeah. but it will solve hopefully some good in the process. Hopefully we can do some, some good work in the process. Uh, so, hey, did you see a woman on TikTok went viral after she admitted to that she staged her own wedding just to see if her ex would contact her? Would you ever go to this desperate measures to get back at an ex? So here's the thing. You think that guy was happy when he broke up with her the first time. Imagine when he saw that. True. Like he, he has never made a better decision in his entire life than he got as far away from possible as possible from someone that was so in their own way that they decided to stage a fake wedding shoot in an attempt to draw the attention of an ex-boyfriend. That is the definition of a crazy person. So this guy is probably thrilled that he got out of that relationship. I, I that, That's the luckiest guy I've heard in quite some time. Let me tell you something. You want to talk about creative. This is this is what I'm talking about. This is how you do it, Trev. I mean, if you... Do what? Prove that you're if, crazy? If you want to make sure you either get that man back, you just got to fake a wedding every once in a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you want to make somebody feel bad, just pretend like, uh, you know, there was a, a big wedding on Saturday night. Everybody had a great time. Throw some photos up on Twitter, <laughs> on Instagram. I, I think, you know, one of the things that you lack on this show Whimsy? is... <laughs> I've been told in the past that I lack whimsy. <laughs> uh, bro, that's a weird story. That's a weird story. No, it's I'm not. Trying to get her it's not. ex-boyfriend. It is. It is. Attention. It is the. It is the next step in the evolution of people that live their lives exclusively on social media. It, it is. It is the perfect representation of someone completely divorced from reality, who thinks that by putting knows? something on social media, that oh, that somebody's going to doom scroll her account and like, yeah. oh, oh, I, I can't believe that Stacy is getting married. I better reach out and hit her with a, a Facebook wink or whatever. I don't even know the terminology, but it's just, it's just so perfectly 2021. I can't even tell you. Okay, but but let me. What happens to her close family that's like, what the hell? Okay. She got married yeah, and I where, didn't get invited? This is where it breaks down. You're assuming that her entire family hasn't separated from her at this point. She's clearly a lunatic. <laughs> that her, All of her friends and family and ex-boyfriends have art. Oh, you're that. Oh, okay, so I invite her on. to my wedding, but she's not going to invite me to her wedding? That's exactly. where I'm sitting. Exactly. How was the wedding? Was it an open bar? Like, I got questions. I want to shoot her a call and just kind of see what was the vibe like. What's he like? Oh, no, he doesn't exist. I just created him because <laughs> Timmy won't return my TikToks. Or I don't even know how it works exactly. I but love, that, I that love when weird. you, like you said, the Facebook, what'd you say? The Facebook wink. wink. I, think it's I don't a even wink. know what the hell's uh, going on. It was a poke. Then, it was a poke. A poke. Thank you. Uh, yes. I'm no, no, surprised no, you doom scrolling. Yeah. Don't correct him. I like that he just goes at his own world. The TikTok that you're going, Look, that's that's. The, gold right there that's the great. way to assure that i never get it right is to correct me right <laughs> because once once i know that it's wrong then i'm going to continue to do it over and over and over again all right the lakers uh are hopefully not playing a triple overtime game for you tonight out but here we are quarter pull of the season and what exactly do we make of where the lakers are at a 500 mark that's next it's travis lee 710 espn